Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm a large pink bunny. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Some men are Baptists, others Catholics. My father was an Oldsmobile man. Only one thing in the world could have dragged me away from the soft glow of electric sex gleaming in the window. Oh, fuck. Only I didn't say fuck. Oh, wait. Yes, I did. Cue the theme song. Sexy theme song. Ralphie, what would you like for Christmas? There it is. The holy grail of Christmas gifts. The Red Ryder 200-shot range model air rifle. Some men are Baptists, others Catholics. My father was an Oldsmobile man. My father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. Ah, fragile. It must be Italian. Well, I think that's just fragile, honey. Oh, yeah. No. Shoot your eye out. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all. And let's uh, settle down for the evening with a nice little... Christmas story, a Christmas story, I should say, 1983 Christmas comedy, um, Bob Clark directed, Bob Clark spent a ton of time in Canadian cinema and um, did Porky's, uh, Black Christmas, a couple other movies you might recognize from back in the day, um, based on a, uh, I don't know, it's a short story book, um, in God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's good. Yes. Okay. Uh, starring Melinda Dillon, Darren McGavey, Peter Billingsley. Probably don't... You'd recognize maybe the young Peter Billingsley, but not him today. Um, Darren McGavin, I think, probably would have been one of the... And Melinda, too, Dillon. I recognize her from, from several things. Uh, and made for $3 million, made 20 in the box office, and was a fairly successful Christmas movie, because... These are semi-few and far between Christmas movies. This has to have um, made a ton of money since. I would it's say this is like and stuck and around and replayed forever. Yeah. Um, to the point where I know um, someone involved in the front end of the uh, movie, and I forget if it was the director, but um, went and bought the house that this movie was shot in um, and based on and then fixed it up to the original condition that it's in the film and opened up a museum across the street dedicated to this film. So it uh, it holds a special spot in... Um, he's an, Sorry, it was an avid fan of the movie. That's what it was. His name is Brian Jones. Thank you, Brian, for building that museum that I'll probably never go to. Yes. Um, what is this movie about? Okay, so it was one thing to say this movie meanders. It's another to say that this is a series of short stories that just tend to revolve around the family. Ralphie, the boy, the Parker family. Ralphie, uh, his brother's name is, uh, what's his brother, Randy? Randy. Yeah, I mean, Mr. and Mrs. Parker probably don't actually ever even hear their first names. Old old Man Parker, I think is the... Old Man, yeah, Old Man Parker couple of big dogs, couple of kids named Flick and Schwartz. Uh, um, 
that's pretty much what you got. So like the anthology or, or what do they call them? Uh, vignettes, vignettes, short stories, whatever you want to call them. Um, basically result revolves around the fact that it's Christmas time and little Ralphie Parker wants to uh, get a BB gun for Christmas. He, they set it up immediately. That's what he wants. And we basically follow his journey to get it. Yeah, I, that, that's the Christmas thing time. is, I guess it does feel like short stories, but it actually is like one main story that follows all the way through to him. Well, uh, like, I mean, every part of the story is someone telling him he's going to shoot his eye out and he shouldn't get that weapon or that toy. Um, yep. And then he like tries to get Santa to give it. I mean, it's a, but it does feel, you're right. It does feel almost like it's broken up. And, mm. and doesn't kind of have a straight narrative. Did you notice, John, that the sound quality was very was very poor? Um, well, I wasn't listening on a like seven point one surround sound system or anything. I was not particularly impressed with anything to do with the sound. What, anything in particular you're talking about? I just about? thought it was really shitty sound. I felt like the sound, and I thought a lot of everything, a lot of the dialogue was overdubbed. Because they never got it correctly, that, so a lot of the times the yes. mouth, the mouth wasn't matching, and you could kind of hear that they they did ADR. Why yep. was that question just for John? Just, <laughs> well, because I thought we noticed it when we watched it together. <laughs> well, um, the maybe we, maybe we never discussed it, Brent. Well, we watched it together, and, so I wasn't sure if it was it was your because we were trying to keep the TV down because Ellie was sleeping, or if the sound was really bad and the quality of this movie. The levels I thought were challenged. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought like the quality, though. I mean, um, I'm not talking about the directing or anything, but I I thought this would look like a 1983 movie, and when I watched it, it was it must have been a remastered version at some point because it looked it looked fine from a video quality perspective. I don't want to get anything wrong here on what I like and don't like about this movie. I thought it was an ugly movie, though. It is. Uh, what, it is ugly looking. Yeah, it's not a great looking movie. And well, once again, it's shot for like three million bucks. So what do you? Yeah, just yeah. A period, right? Like, yeah. So this some movie felt to me. Out there, though. This movie felt to me like it really kind of targeted. A, it's targeting a nostalgic crowd, and maybe in '83, the young, uh, or sorry, the parents of kids in '83 would be like thinking back a generation and like think fondly back on, you know, the days when life was like this. Um, and w which meant when I was watching it this time, um, it's kind of like casually making fun of what life would have been like at the time, I guess, you know, that you're scared your old man's going to beat you to death. And, um, the, the, the luxuries of life just aren't there. It's all like hard and everything's breaking down and all that kind of stuff. Um, what did you guys think of it from that angle? You think that it's trying to be, it's like aimed at that audience, and there, therefore, I, I'm kind of feeling like it's missing me um, as a as a target audience member for you know having oh. any nostalgia about this. It it doesn't really click with me. I think it clicked with my parents. Um, yeah, and, definitely. And maybe, I mean, it's 1939 is when it takes place, and uh, yeah, and also, um. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I definitely feel that way too. It's also very much for children. It doesn't have yep. a lot to offer for adults, I don't think. I mean, some of there it was still some things I thought that were funny. Um like when he swears. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. I mean, like the darker stuff in this 
that was a little bit more edgy, which wasn't there wasn't much of, but that stuff seemed to work. Like Santa kicks him in the face down the slide. Yeah, the I whole thought. Santa scene is very surreal to me. It just gave me tons of anxiety. It feels like Terry Gilliam filmed it. Yeah, yeah it I'm does. wondering if that is also like uh, the slide with the mountain you have to climb up to get to Santa is based on something that really happened at a department store somewhere when this guy was a kid. I it's very interesting. Know. I've never seen a Santa Claus um, where you have to climb up a mountain and then slide down a slide. It was hilarious. Yeah. That that actually was really funny. Yeah, it, it's it. <laughs> I I was more anxiety at that time in the movie than than thinking it was funny. And and Brent just, also me. mentioned that the when Ralphie beats up that kid, he loses his completely loses his shit and goes completely off his rocker. A lot yeah. of those shots were reminiscent of like Fight Club. Yes, where he's I like so <laughs> he's just pounding on him. But yeah, it's like, when he's doing fuck, it, it's like, Fight Club. I just wanted to destroy something beautiful. <laughs> that would have been, yeah, and, that would be a really funny line. And the voiceover in this really made me think about like the Wonder Years, and this would have predated the Wonder Years by five oh, or so time. years. So big I wonder time, if yeah. I wonder if the Wonder Years creators took any inspiration from this, um, or I mean, it's not like it's a brand new plot device to have the the voiceover what did no. you guys think of the voiceover old ralphie reminiscing back on on his youth i mean i like it but it's some of that stuff is hard to to tell because it's nostalgic to me that voiceover kind of there's like a christmas thing to it i think that catches me when it happens and it kind of makes mm. me feel like in a place this is my mom's favorite movie so listen to that voiceover for me kind of puts me into a place whereas i don't know that this movie couldn't have been done like a more sophisticated way without that voiceover. I think that it adds kind of a nice little, um, a nice little charm to it, I guess. It Like, it a, like would someone be looking back on Christmas as a kid, right? Telling the story. Right, 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 be, right. It would be interesting to see what, what, what the, if you could basically just remove the voiceover and see how the movie would play. Um, but they do it through the whole movie from beginning to end. So, yep. So there's always the adult inner monologue, which I think works fine because it's throughout the whole movie and it's not just dropped in in the middle of nowhere. Like I'm trying to think of a movie that just never needed voice or like um, Hateful Eight, Hateful Eight, just all of a sudden that voiceover in the fucking middle and then like never happens again and it's Tarantino's voice. This like was carried on throughout and was like really... It was it was really a uh, it was an adult Ralph telling the story about when he was a kid. Yeah, the, the so. voiceover in this gave me like made me reminisce about Stuart McLean. Um, if you guys ever listen to him, he's like a, a Canadian broadcaster. Who, I've recently become aware. It's of all him in the streaming Hillary service. Yeah, the Vinyl Cafe or his albums that he released pretty much annually, and all he does is just tell stories about families. I'm sure he draws on his own experience or experiences of people he knows and. Um, I think they started out about a bunch of different people, but end up being about mostly about this guy, Dave, who lives in a small town and just struggles through life. And he's a good storyteller. Um, and I thought about that a lot as I watched this because I, um, uh, st the, the stories by Stuart McLean, I always laugh at, but they're, they're short, right? They're short and zippy. Mm. Um, and some of the, some of the stories in this seemed a little bit more, a little bit more drawn out for, you know, it's just weird in a movie. I have to 
think of what they were going for here and like i said at the start is this a meandering story or, or can can this like stand as a, a series of vignettes or short stories and come together as a cohesive whole mm-hmm. and should it like i don't do i should i am i doing myself wrong by judging it around its structure i mean it's it's also really hard because um i do feel like this this movie has dated it's i don't think it has dated as well as other older movies that we've watched Um, like i wonder in in like 20 more years will everyone love christmas vacation or will that just be us right looking mm, back and be like (laughs) clark but everyone else will be like what the hell christmas isn't like that anymore i talk to younger people that that i work with who who like christmas vacation a lot yeah so, but they're, so, and they're, they're, still they're like 20 years the younger that watched it, just like we're still exposed to the generation that watched this. But it's, I do think that this movie, I think this is set in the 39. This is um, quite detached from our reality now. And I think a lot of that stuff, like him going down to fight with the fucking uh, furnace. And <laughs> I don't know, a yeah. lot of this stuff actually, do you know what I mean? Just seems doing crosswords in the paper and the old man being a turkey hound and like a lot of these old tropes. I mean, maybe they carry forward. I guess anybody could be turkey crazed throughout time, but (laughs) I don't know. It just seems to be this fucking component of this movie that is really dated. And I mean, like we are born into the people who bore kids or at least remember some of this stuff right like this is popular for them growing up this kind of feel so yeah i think that's why it's still even as warm as it is for us but i can see national lampoon's christmas vacation becoming very dated for the next generation as well like like once people my daughter's age yeah like once people stop relating with what happened in the 90s um which will be in about another 20 years because you know we won't be telling our kids of it it'll be that generation separation that you get and um, this movie is set in the 40s, so it feels even more removed than the fact that it was created in the early 80s when I wouldn't have had a memory of it. And for yeah. certain, I, I I believe, like, I think my mom really likes this movie. I don't know if this is a staple of Christmas movie viewing. Like, we definitely are more of a Christmas vacation type family with the goofy shit. Yeah. Um, but I think I think my mom and my dad could certainly get some pangs of nostalgia from watching this that, but that I, I also just don't. I also think Christmas Vacation, though targets things that are not going to change ever like crazy relatives who come over for christmas and you have to put up with them that's never (laughs) going to change 20 30 40 years from now everyone's still going to have crazy relatives that are older grandparents that are going to like come into their home and take it over and drive them nuts that's Mm. that's going to happen that's going to be relatable the um and it, Christmas vacations more edgy, uh, oh, with for uh, sure. the humor with with Clark's obsession with the girl at the department store, and uh, you know and like him swearing and cursing and in front of the family when he loses his shit. I mean the best thing about the vacation movies is there's always a point where Clark goes nuts in every single one and yep. freaks out. <laughs> so I feel like. I don't know. I, I feel like that, like, still, I think that's going to, those themes and the, the tone of that movie is 
is going to sustain it for a lot I mean, longer. There's those components, but that movie still takes place in imaginary time now. If you consider like absolutely, oh, it's a period piece. The guy oh, has yeah. just this like middle management job, and he has this huge house, and they're put it bringing all the family together. Like people can't afford this shit anymore. The fucking no. economy is not this way. <laughs> the trend is for younger families to be struggling, renting. There's not going to be a lot of these big get-togethers. Um, and I think that that could really date that movie. I do agree with you that a lot of those themes will stick around quite well, right? Yeah. Um, like obviously roving dog packs running through your house is, if that ever existed, is definitely a thing of the time. But um, <laughs> I do agree with you there, but I do think that there's components of a lot of these old movies that doesn't doesn't make sense much. Um, oh, absolutely. I'm 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 da- I'm not I'm not saying that uh, that it's that it's never going to get dated but i but i feel like all of these things become period pieces over time True. and that period piece it has more relatable themes than this i mean like the problem with this movie is the only thing that's hinging on um the state the only stake that is in this movie is that he he wants to get the gun and he might not get the gun yeah. that's the stake whereas in vacation the stake is that he's not going to get his bonus and he's already spent all of this money and his family's costing him more money. So he's getting driven into the poor house in that movie. <laughs> and this house gets destroyed by a SWAT team <laughs> and a dog and a squirrel. So I feel like with kidnapping. Yeah, I feel like there's a little bit higher stakes, even though the stakes aren't super high in that movie. Well, they are higher. They're they're holiday movies, but they're definitely different. And I think there's no question yeah. that uh, that Christmas Vacation is a better movie. It's a Wonderful Life as well. Uh, once again, the stakes are very high for that character. And then the mm-hmm. suicide. He, he's going to commit suicide in that movie. I yeah. mean, this movie's just almost. There's just not enough. Well. Um, there's not really a, much of a story to this movie other than a kid who really wants something it's for like Christmas. Said with the vignettes, right? Like yeah. Really, it really does fracture this movie into a bunch of pieces. And there is that thread of wanting the gun, but I do feel like that is not attached as well as it could be to the rest of the story. I find that yeah. he wants the gun, we take some detours. He wants the gun, we take some detours. He gets the I gun. Mean, they go by the tree from the lot and then half an hour goes by and then they're decorating it, right? It's just, they're, they're, and then there's other, like we were talking about the voiceover before, which in this movie, the way it's done, I actually don't mind a bunch of it as well because the, the old man's, the older Ralph's voice is interesting and the way he tells the story. And and if this if the topic and the content was more relevant to me, I could see how that would be really funny. So I don't knock it. But it does create certain moments that linger too long, like while Ralphie is standing there with the shit-eating grin on his face at the teacher's desk or something else weird while the voiceover continues and his inner monologue goes. But in real life, it'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? Um, and then other things like the, um, the, the uh, just think of this one thing that stands out in my head is the piggy piggy eating scene. <laughs> Why did that have to go on so long? I felt yeah. like crazy after that. I was like, oh, stop pigging and eating and stop showing it and flipping and flipping back and forth. Yeah, Fuck. Brent mentioned another part. A lot of the scenes, too, where they were showing insert shots just of something would go on <laughs> for like 10 seconds. 
Yeah. It's like the drawer. Of, when she takes that thing away and pulls the drawer in the classroom. The teeth. Yeah. That it's got, because all the kids have the teeth and she's like, all yeah. right, give them to me. She opens the drawer. We get it. That's actually really funny, right? She's got yeah. a whole drawer full of shit from collecting <laughs> from her kids being shits. Yeah. And, but it holds that shot. Yes. I mean, yeah. For way too long. And I think that's to your point is there's some of these things where they captured the joke and I think became fond of the joke and really tried to overcapitalize on it instead of appreciating like the timing and how that should flow and how that would have carried us better. And, and I mean, we are left at a higher point. If that joke is cut too short, we go into the next scene with like a triumph, right? Like we have had like an experience and now we're, we're elevated and going into another scene. You can really bring us something and carry us um, into your next point. But if you delay on that, you give us too much time to think about it. You ruin the joke. And then we go into the next scene at a low, right? Yep. Um, or at least not as a, not as triumphant. No, I, I get should, annoyed. So. Right. And then I feel yeah. crazy. Like they're showing it so much. It turns back into, um, a a Gilliam directed movie. And I'm like, that's not what this is about. It's not supposed to make me feel uncomfortable. Santa in this movie makes me uncomfortable and like not, uh, I fear for the kid's safety. The fact that they had like such a a hard and direct joke against a kid with a mental disability. Um, like both in the line with Ralphie, with him kind of like being like, what the, this kid's so weird. I'm like, okay, like that's not cool anymore. And then the fact that, he goes nuts in Santa's lap and they basically throw him off the mountain. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I'm laughing. It's crazy though. Um, so, so little, little, little things like that kept popping up that I was just like, scratching I, I my did. Head. There were things at least that I did think were still a little funny, which was nice. Um, like when he gets the gigantic crate <laughs> and then those guys put it down and stuff and, <laughs> and, uh, then he gets inside of it and, and like finds his lamp and I, there's something about the lamp thing that really worked for me this time and his love for the lamp. And then when his wife destroyed the lamp and he tries to put it back together and she's behind him laughing. I think the lamp was like almost my favorite bit this time. I don't know why. I think the lamp, I think the lamp still works. It's such He's so determined for that to be a triumph of his. And he keeps it telling doesn't matter outside, what it is. That thing could have an been award. anything and he would have been proud of yeah. it, right? I know, and, and it's it's such a bizarre thing to be, too. Uh, the leg with the fishnet stockings is so that's weird. Really weird. That's a really weird prize for this time. For and it's 39, his wife. That's yeah. an incredibly risque. Like, think yeah. of it. That That's that's probably a nice piece of art back then because no one ever seen it. And today it just seems like a novelty that, like, it'd be so kitsch to, to have. Looks like well, I like so his father. Sculpture. But see, it's, once again, that's the better writing. I, once again, it... When you, I think a lot of the better movies that that hold up educate the audience to the period, so that you understand. Uh, like if you you didn't understand, it would it, the writing would explain it for you, so you'd understand the gravity of a situation, or what's going on at that time. Like The Godfather, It's a Wonderful Life, both do do that very well. Whereas this movie just kind of rests on its laurels. And the only times that it does do stuff like that is with the lamp. Mm. Because uh, <laughs> I love when he goes outside and he wants to see it from across the street. And he's telling everyone that he'd won it. <laughs> yeah. What did, he, what did he call it's an it? Award. He, he called it an award. He, yeah. Uh, and the one, guy, the one guy takes it and he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, a real award, he says, or something <laughs> like that. 
Yeah, it's something in award. It's it's something award. He keeps like a high level award. He keeps using that term, and the humor there is in the character, and the absurdity of him like liking this so much and wanting to share it with everybody. He wants it in the window so everyone can see it, and he's so proud of it. And that's what makes that funny. It comes from within the character, and it's not like a sight gag or a setup. <clears throat> Also, no, when that, Ralphie beats up that kid is great, too, but it goes on way too long. All the kid chasing stuff goes on too long. Like, oh, they have yeah. a scene, and then they have to do the sped up thing, and then sped up the same shot if they're running in a different way, and then up the alley, down the alley, up the alley, down the alley, always the kid in tow with the same thing. Like, that was funny twice. Uh, every time after that, I was... I was done. Yeah, was this movie definitely does drag and at times feel very kind of <laughs> oh. boring and you're waiting for something to happen and things f- go on too long. The funniest thing for me is the, the that pair of goons, the little one who looks looks like a little person and he's but he's dressed like a, a you know, a 35-year-old mafia thug. He looks like the lead singer from ACDC, I think. Yeah, that's uh, Oh, that's <laughs> a good like Bon Scott. Yeah, he does. Angus Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yes, that's great. He's I laughed a lot at him, but not for any reason that this movie was intending. No, he no. looked fucking really off putting. It was weird. <laughs> he did. He's like, hey, get off of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the I like most of the dad in this movie. Like the the little bit they do with his swearing, they do that too much, but the little bit they had with it was kind of funny. He was quirky. I love how he smiled at his kids or like looked at his kids like he thought they were such idiots because he's just he's like that that era dad like oh fucking kids. What are they doing now? What's he wearing? Like all that kind of worked for me. Um, He was probably like one of my um, uh, more favorite characters in this. Um, Is this movie a kids movie do you guys think it, it has that nostalgia for the parents or the older folk but really this is a, a something that a kid should watch because it's at that level or or what i don't know that it's a kids movie i think it's a family movie um i think it's meant to try to balance between attraction for adult and child i think it has um things in there that try to appeal to both i don't know that it's a straight kids movie i, I think it's a little mature for that especially mm. You know, a lot of the jokes with the awareness and stuff. Yeah. Like the bunny suit and the old man's turkey thing and you know, <laughs> all like you shoot your eye out and stuff like that. Like, I think a lot of that stuff is is um is more yeah, intended for they the are trying to side. split it. Yeah. OK. I just wanted to check. Even Santa says you'll shoot your eye out. You'll shoot your eyes out. Yeah. That Santa felt a little bad Santa precursor to me. Like all the elves are like throwing these kids that are like screaming. They don't want to go down this slide and they're like, fuck off. And then you kids. got the fisheye lens to be like, hurry up, kid. Get up there and tell Santa what you want. Yeah, they're such it's like, jerks. It's so bizarre. So bizarre. Like I, ex- I half expected fucking uh, uh, Bruce Willis to drop out from fucking 12 <laughs> monkeys or something. And then like all of the characters from Time Bandits to be like, ooh. <laughs> that would have honestly I would have been like that's the best part yay that's funny um acting acting a lot of kid actors in this um surprisingly I think okay. I think the children do fine yeah, yeah like, they do so, fine. there's not acting is not the problem for sure no, what do you guys Ralphie does a good competent job I think he and he the does. father and the mom are good there. other than that whole piggy scene which yeah I, the piggy shit is I wanted to just funny. go back and say I 
I didn't really understand why the mom was doing that. And, and the father was very upset, annoyed by it, at least. And yeah. she kept egging the kid on. But I, I don't really understand what was going on there, why she was doing that. Because he wouldn't eat. So she thought he'd at least get a little bit of food in his mouth pretending to be a little pig. I guess, but it seemed weird. It just seemed out of place almost. Like it, it yeah. kind of didn't, it didn't, I don't know where it came from. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. It does, does not work. I think that was probably um, like went on for a long time and they all thought it was so funny because the kid was actually doing it that they thought they would include it in the movie or something. That's kind of what it felt like. Yeah, I hate the little brother too, by the way. I hate that kid. Randy? I, yeah. yeah and he, I, he's I just do, so whiny. He's like, he's the reason why I don't have children and won't have children. So. The other the other thing I saw that, that Hillary really related with was when she was putting on his clothes to go outside. And I thought yeah. that was really funny too. And, she, and he can't put his arms down and uh, then she wraps him up in the... So I think that that still is really funny. Other than the fact that they once again go to the well too much on it, like yeah, and it's when, just when constantly they, uh, another joke over and over. When he's first put it on and he's screaming, Nat thought he was going to say, "I have to pee," which would have been funny. Oh, I thought that's what he's going to say too. It's so funny that that's exactly what I thought he was going to say. That was a missed opportunity there, writers. Well, it's funnier because he can't put his arms down because he looks that's like he's inflatable. Too. Yeah, he he looks like an inflatable, uh, you know. Uh, thing that you have at a car a car lot or something well and it's also that they're trying to get him dressed and he just doesn't he's just limp he's just like yeah. letting them dress him instead of even being somewhat of a participant in the fucking yeah thing. he is not yeah. participating which is funny what'd you guys think of ralphie's dream sequences uh what were they again there Remind was the me. one where he had the gun and he was protecting his family by shooting uh, blackbird yeah. or whatever and then Too he had long, the ones with his teacher where she um, she thought his story was going to be the best. That one I like better than the with the one with he was shooting. Yeah, and then there was the the witch one where his teacher's a witch and with his mom. Yeah, you'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then there's the one where he wishes that um, when he doesn't get what he wants, he wishes that he'll be stricken blind so that his family will have to feel sorry for him. Oh, that's right. It's just a really fucking weird one. That is a weird one. <laughs> That's just strange. Some weird stuff there. I mean, they kept it nice and short, at least. Although, at an hour and 33 minutes, it did sometimes feel like it was too long. But it's because of the vignettes. It's It's the nature of the vignettes. This movie could really use some editing. You could probably, like, just, like, edit edit a lot of the scenes shorter and, and make it an hour and 20 minutes, and it would be a little bit quicker and better because things do drag, tend to drag. Uh, it's yeah it's it's one of the biggest issues i had with the movie is that because the the different things are not connected other than to have the same characters the same family it really makes it drag especially for the ones that don't work because it doesn't add anything it doesn't get him closer to his gun like if you had built in that some of the kids at school know what he wants as a gift and he's so passionate about it then they could give him a hard time about it specifically and um I don't know, like maybe one of his friends got it or something like that. And he doesn't think he does. Like there's, there's all kinds of ways you could have built it in. And maybe the dad wants to buy it for him, but can't afford it because the furnace is always getting knocked out. Like there's just little things you could have done to, to build this into something a little bit more cohesive that, that might've made it go a little bit smoother. But yeah, it dragged a ton for a 90 minute movie. That's not a good sign. 
No, it's not. I mean, I think I like this movie because when I watch it, no matter where I am, I feel like I'm watching it with my mom because I've seen it with her so many times and I know how much she enjoys it. I think that's where I get my enjoyment of it from. Yeah. Is thinking of that, like of that experience growing up and, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's that, that part of that nostalgia, I think that captures me. Mm. Otherwise, I don't think um, this movie would have been something that grabbed my attention by itself. Well, after like the first, I don't know how long in this movie, Nat was like, this isn't a Christmas movie. It's just taking place in winter. There's like really nothing Christmassy about it. They don't put up the tree till almost the very end. They do go to see Santa. There's a whole scene based around that. But a lot of the other themes and stuff in this movie aren't related to Christmas, except that's he wants his gift at Christmas time. And yeah. like he's he's kind of entitled and whiny about it as I guess kids are. So I'm not blaming his character for it, but it makes it harder for me to get behind his plight because it is dangerous. And he does almost shoot his fucking eye out. So the, the thing that I enjoyed the most is that um, Brent seemed to have seen this movie when he was young and then tried all of the things that that were in the movie. Like Brent <laughs> said, he, he, he stuck his tongue to a pole. Because he saw it in this movie. There was another thing you did that you saw in this the movie. The soap in the mouth. Oh, yeah. yeah well, tell us about those experiences. Well, it really does freeze your tongue to a pull if you stick it. Um, and <laughs> yes, it I was does. telling these guys that when I did it, it was so immediate um, and surprising that I quick yanked my tongue off. Uh. And my tongue was quite sore um, after that. Yeah. And then the soap in the mouth, I think I asked my mom one time thinking back, like, like you never put soap in my mouth? And she was like, what good would it do or something? And um, and so I think I tried it myself just to see what it was like. And yeah, it wouldn't have done anything. It would have been like unpleasant, but that's not stopping me from dropping fucking F-bombs. You know what no, I mean? No, no, like, no. Of course A little not. soap Fuck in the mom, mouth. If I'm that's the worst, like, I got, I got, <laughs> like, I got spanked. The, the soap would be the best case scenario. Yeah, yeah. I actually think that I enjoyed a lot of the stuff with the parents more than the kids this time, too, for some reason. I think those two actors, like, I mean, once again, going back to the lamp and, like, how she hated it and, and he, he's trying to restore it and fix it. Like, those things I thought were much funnier than, like, the kids, like, doing the stuff at school or... Mm-hmm. The tongue thing was okay, I guess. The fact that they left him out there and no one told the teacher was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> and he was just out there by himself and the fire department had to come. They're probably all was, scared they'll get in trouble, so they just run inside. Yeah, yeah well, they are. Like, yeah, for sure they are. And but they're uh, young so enough that that, that, stuff, that works. works. Yeah. There was some racism at the uh, Chinese food restaurant. Yep. Oh, yes. And I believe there was some other... Um, <clears throat> dated racism or something there was some racism yeah was it about was it something about jewish people or something i can't remember oh maybe there was some comment though um other comments yeah were, uh, but there's there's definitely dated aspects of that the chinese restaurant's definitely the worst one <sighs> yeah and once again you could say that all of this stuff doesn't work because because uh of the time like it that this movie was made and you should let a lot of these things slide but once again it's a wonderful life was made in 1946 and yeah uh, probably takes place uh 1941 or 1939 because actually i think it's a wonderful life it would have taken place similar time because 
His brother yeah. goes to World War Two. The war so. ends by the end of the movie, so he yeah, he had, so. yeah he was like triple F or whatever. And that movie go. got a triple hold up, baby. Yeah, so it did. It do? did. Well, and the other thing, like any any of the kind of inherent um, like racial or whatever, seemed to work in a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful mm. Life. In this, it's just there as part of one of the vignettes, so it doesn't add to anything. It doesn't. It, it's not like even it didn't. It didn't need to be there. It was really well. Say, it's really what happened in this time. It's like what? No, you just didn't need to do that. Mm. I do like they went over Chinese food though. That's like a really funny. Uh, thing people do at Christmas because those restaurants are the only things that are really open yeah. on Christmas Day. So that was kind of funny, but yeah. If I ever if I ever went to a Chinese food restaurant and they pulled out a duck and used a big cleaver to chop its head off right in front of me like that, that'd be surprising. That would that was kind of weird. Yeah. What's that? It was a goose. Was it? I thought they said it was a duck. It was a duck. It did, it but it Chinese. was a big old long neck on it. It was definitely a goose. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Oh, they I mislabeled it, but it's a goose for sure. Oh, so it's a Christmas goose. <laughs> a goose. The biggest goose you can find. What do we think? Any any other thoughts, comments about this one before we wrap it up in a little bow as a Christmas present and set it under nah, the tree? I think we can get to this, no? You yeah. give her? Anybody feeling eager to get out there with their unique opinion? I can jump on it first. Um, get it. Get I it. I feel, just for the record, dirty saying this doesn't hold up because this is my mom's favorite Christmas movie and I feel a betrayal. Um, Beanie would but, understand, man. But I'm courage right now. I'm feeling the courage and I'm going to say it does not hold up. Um, I am fond of the movie. It won't be the last time I watch it. Um, I hope to watch this movie until my last days because, like I said, it reminds me of my mom. And um, that part of it to me, I think, is kind of what we get when we watch these things with our family anyways, is it develops that nostalgia and then that's something that we carry with us. So in that sense, this movie's good for me. But if you haven't seen this movie already, that won't be the case for you and it won't hold up for you either. Um, lots of like little charm in this movie and if you want to watch it for a period piece and kind of see like lots of little interesting stuff um like the wash machine in the kitchen with the rollers for the drying and stuff like that stuff is interesting to me actually as far as being um a whole different time and in, in human progression but uh no it doesn't hold up as far as the movie goes and just on a side note we uh we decided since Brent had his daughter and she was awake we would watch it with her because it was a kids movie and and uh, she was watching YouTube when I got there, and she was perfectly fine. But about five minutes into this movie, she passed out. So <laughs> I don't know if there's a lot of interest for young kids either. So I don't know if you want to get your seven-year-old kids watching this because I don't think they it will work. <laughs> I do. Um, my, my kid does fall asleep very early. And as soon as I sat down, she snuggled in and fell asleep. So yeah. don't blame the movie. Don't I was kind of movie. falling asleep too, though. So when <laughs> I, she, I saw she was asleep, I was jealous. I was yeah. jealous that she was allowed to sleep. Well, you could have cuddled movie. into the other side of me and slept on my chest there. For my mom, <laughs> my mom's favorite all-time movie is uh, is uh, what the hell's are alive with the sound of music? Sound of music. My mom's all-time favorite movie the is Hills Sound of Music. <laughs> so we should we should watch Sound of Music for Hold Up this year because I think that's a great movie to put on the list. But this doesn't have that nostalgia with me. I saw it when I was a kid, um, so I didn't really have any connection to it. But yeah, it does not hold up. It's it's very, 
it's definitely lost all all of its charm for me, unfortunately. But what are you gonna do? No, Donnie? John, change. I'll our minds. save it. I'll save it. I really don't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> really, I don't know. It's just everything about it. I we had watched Elf earlier in the evening. Um, and I still have a couple of issues with Elf, but, but Elf, all, all of told is a movie I can just sit back and like stop focusing on the critical pieces of it and be like, there's so much about that movie that has Christmas cheer and something Christmassy about it. And this one doesn't have that same charm. Like for a movie that's set when it's set, there's like, and not that this was anything about the war or anything, but nothing was mentioned. It, it wasn't used at all. Um, it didn't help set the stage. I actually had to look up what years this movie was set because maybe they set it and I wasn't paying attention, which you can't blame me for because this movie's boring as shit sometimes. And it's very boring. Yeah, yeah. and like I also I'm a I'm a um, uh, n- not into having my own children. I like hanging out with children sometimes, as long as they, I know them. Uh, strange children, no, I do not want to see you or be with you for any reason whatsoever. So, like, I don't find a lot of the kid stuff in this as cute as parents might. Um, in fact, it's like scary for me. So, yeah, no, this movie doesn't hold up. Uh, that's my personal and professional opinion. There's way better Christmas movies than this one to watch. So. There it is. Agreed. Take take your nostalgia, and uh, that's all you're gonna get. Uh, by <laughs> the way, the uh, the kid in the movie they used a uh, air tube with suction to get his tongue to appear to stick to that bar. So no kids were harmed that. in the making of this movie. Is that unfortunately what you're not. Could have oh, hurt no, him just a hurt little bit. Could have just hurt him a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, there it is. Okay, uh, three thumbs down for a Christmas story, which kind of a bummer on our Christmas Day episode, but. Um, what are you going to do? We at Hold Up wish you Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. You celebrate Three Kings Day, Winter Solstice, St. Lucia Day, St. Nichols, uh, St. Nicholas Day, uh, Kwanzaa. You know, get ready for that. And we hope you are blessed. You, you go, you watch It's a Wonderful Life instead. And what's yeah, watch the movie, John. You, you said you were going to say. <clears throat> it's a big Can announcement. Dun, dun, dun. Keanu Reeves stars in. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes, Johnny, John. Johnny Mnemonic. We're going to do yes. Johnny Mnemonic for New Year's. Folks, we struggle with picking a New Year's movie every year. We would really love to hear what your preferred um any kind of holiday movies would be. We would gladly listen to that. You can get our uh uh our, our email after the show um and let us know or post on Instagram. Find us on Instagram. Uh what are we? Hold up underscore podcast. That's right. Uh, find us there. Tell us what movies you want. Otherwise, we're going to watch movies like Johnny Mnemonic for New Year's because there's something to do with New Year's in it. So we're uh, going to exploit the shit out of that loophole. It takes place January 2021 <clears throat> is where it opens. Boom. And <clears throat> just so, about January 22, baby. Go see the new Matrix movie in the theater. Get that Keanu Reeves image burned into your head and then we'll travel back in time to Johnny Mnemonic where he can only hold a few megabytes of data in his brain. <laughs> Anybody want to take some guesses on this one? Uh, I'm going to say my guess is going to be six thumbs down. I don't even okay. know if I got through, could get through it when it came out, so I don't know if I've even seen it from beginning to end, to be honest with we're you. Gonna, we're going to fill you with booze and vape and uh, sit you in front of it so you can make through this time. All right, yeah. we'll do it. Let's yeah. do it. We'll get that done. Well, uh, like I said, uh, happy holidays to all of our fans out there. 
Happy uh, Festivus. Keep on listening and uh, let us know what you'd like to see coming up this year. We'll get into some cool stuff in January. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming out for this one. Uh, as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.